Good morning, folks, and welcome to this service of worship this morning. Uh, put on as a part of the anniversary celebrations for our life in the Uniting Church. You'll see and hear folk from across the life of the church in Queensland during this service as you participate in it. And uh, also we'll have a greeting uh, from the President, Dr. Deidre Palmer. So thank you for joining us and uh, every blessing. And uh, I pray that as you share in this service, you'll have a sense of God's presence to you, God's word to you. Thank you for joining us. The call to worship for today's anniversary service was adapted from a call to worship prepared by the chapel team at Moreton Bay College. It was filmed during our time in isolation, doing it at home learning. Let us join in celebrating our life together. Let us worship God. Welcome to this worship service today, celebrating the anniversary of the Uniting Church. Remember that God welcomes us home wherever we are and whomever we are with. God opens the door to invite us in, and though separated by time and distance, God makes us one. In our worship today, we connect with those throughout church history who have worshipped in their homes. And those who have gathered in church buildings. As we worship today, we pray that you feel a sense of connection with our Uniting Church family. We pray that you will feel God's presence and will be inspired by God's love. We pray that you will have a sense that we are blessed to be a blessing. Let us now all join together as we sing in celebration. Greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ on this 43rd anniversary of the Uniting Church in Australia. I bring you greetings on behalf of the Assembly. It's a joy for me to be joining you in this celebration. I acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I'm standing, the Ghana people. I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. And I pay my respects to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who are gathering for this celebration. I love the theme that you've chosen for this worship service. Our life together, blessed to be a blessing. The gift of Christian community is a blessing for all of us who are part of this movement of the Holy Spirit that is the Uniting Church in Australia. We've been blessed by the abundant grace of God. And when we embody this grace, we are a blessing to the world around us, in our local communities, in our neighbourhoods, through our schools and our agencies, through our advocacy and our solidarity. Your Project Plenty in this Synod highlights the theme of blessing and abundance. Thank you for being the Uniting Church throughout this Synod, giving your life and energy generously for the world around you, participating in God's mission by contributing to the flourishing of the Queensland community. In the past year across our country, we've experienced continuing drought, bushfire, flood, and now a global pandemic. Our church is responding with creativity and embracing new opportunities to be the body of Christ, worshiping, serving, nurturing people in faith, and loving our neighbors. We continue to be bearers of Christ's light and hope wherever we are. Our creative responses have been a gift and blessing of the Spirit who guides and sustains us on the way. 
People from beyond our usual worshipping communities have found hope and meaning and a space for reflection as we've gone online. People who've been impacted by the loss of life, of income and social connection have been blessed by the compassion and care of our agencies and our congregations. In our living as the people of God, we are blessed. God calls us to remember who we are, the body of Christ, a people of hope and liberation, bearers of the blessing of God's deep love for all people and the whole creation. May we experience this abundant blessing as we continue to worship here. God of yesterday, we are in awe of your work and all of creation. We praise you for your amazing love and goodness in sending Jesus for us. We give you thanks for how you have formed and guided your disciples and your church throughout history. Yet, Lord, we have often messed it up. We have damaged your beautiful creation and failed to care for it. We, as your disciples, as part of your church, have failed to obey the call of Christ in our lives by loving you and loving others with all we have. Often our words and actions, or even our lack of words and actions, have brought pain, division and exclusion, and have turned people away from the gospel of Christ. We have allowed our ignorant prejudices to cause injustice and abuse to people who differ from ourselves. Lord, please forgive us. God of today, we stand in awe of your glory as we see you throughout all of creation. Lord, we praise you for the gift of the Holy Spirit, which we see at work throughout the world. We give you thanks, Lord, for using us and your church in so many ways throughout the world, especially during these challenging times. Lord, we thank you for coming forming the Uniting Church and for the 43 years of your spirit moving in and through the congregations into our local communities and across the world. And yet, Lord, we still mess it up. We have not always learned from the past and we continue to make decisions that damage creation and relationships. Lord, we've not always lived out our Christian unity that you have called us to do. We're sorry, Lord, for racial tensions right across the world, across America and within Australia. We're sorry, Lord, for the pain and injustice caused between our First Peoples 
and the second peoples of this land. Sorry for the decisions and treatment that we made that has caused generational pain and oppression. Lord, please forgive us. Help us to be people of reconciliation, to be part of the world's reconciliation with you. Lord, and reconciliation with each other. God of tomorrow, we give you thanks for the promises that we can hold on to and that give hope for our future. Lord, help us to keep our vision on you, to keep our ears listening to your spirit and to maintain our faith and unity in you. Help us not to stay in places of hatred or prejudice, in places of ignorance and complacency, in places of injustice. And abuse. Help us to move from these places and to help others to move to places of love, grace, peace, justice, mercy and humility. We give you thanks Lord that you continue to offer your love, grace and forgiveness and the fresh start that transforms our lives. Lord as we seek forgiveness from you, help us to offer forgiveness to others as May we learn from the past, give thanks for today, and have hope for the future. May our worship, witness, and service be pleasing to you, Lord, and a sign of your kingdom here on earth. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Amen. Brothers and sisters, today and every day, God offers us unconditional love grace and mercy. When we truly confess our sins to God, we receive God's forgiveness and the Spirit's help for a restored relationship. So know that your sins are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Let us listen for the word of God in the book of Genesis, chapter 12, verses 1 through to 9. The Lord said to Abram, leave your country, your relatives and your father's home and go to a land that I am going to show you. I will give you many descendants and they will become a great nation. I will bless you and make your name famous so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, but I will curse those who curse you. And through you, I will bless all the nations. When Abram was 75 years old, he started out from Haran as the Lord had told him to do. And Lot went with him. Abram took his wife Sari, his nephew Lot, and all the wealth and all the slaves they had acquired in Haran, and they started out for the land of Canaan. When they arrived in Canaan, Abram travelled through the land until he came to the sacred tree of Morah, the holy place at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were still living in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, This is the country I am going to give to your descendants. Then Abram built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. After that, he moved on south to the hill country east of the city of Bethel and set up his camp between Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. 
There also he built an altar and worshipped the Lord. Then he moved on from place to place, going towards the southern part of Canaan. In this, we hear the word of God. Let's listen for God's word in Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth, chapter 3, verses 1 to 17. And so, brothers and sisters, I could not speak to you as spiritual people, but rather as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for solid food, and even now you are still not ready, for you are still of the flesh. For as long as there is jealousy and quarrelling among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving according to human inclinations? For when one says, I belong to Paul, and another, I belong to Apollos, are you not merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but only God who gives the growth. The one who plants and the one who waters have a common purpose, and each will receive wages according to the labour of each. For we are God's servants working together. You are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building on it. Each builder must choose with care how to build on it, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one that's been laid, and that foundation is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, the work of each builder will become visible, for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If what has been built on the foundation survives, the builder will receive a reward. If the work is burnt up, the builder will suffer loss. The builder will be saved, but only as through fire. Do you not know that you are God's temple, and that God's Spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person, for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. In this we hear the word of God. Let us listen to God's word in the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 1 to 8. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, 
Ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. In this we hear the word of God. So I think for me the first thing that we want to pick up on from the readings that we've shared in uh, today in the light of uh, the anniversary of the Uniting Church is that we're part of a great story. You know, in the West, uh, particularly uh, since the rise of liberalism and the rise of the, uh, the Enlightenment, there's been a theme that the individual matters more than anything else and matters most. And uh, the society is there to serve the needs of the individual, the individual's wants and happinesses. And yet that's not the story of the Christian faith. The story of the Christian faith is that we are part of a great trajectory. The German theologians called it salvation history. We're part of the story that, uh, that God imagined for creation. We're part of a story of God uh, continually being faithful and calling creation uh, to that vision uh, out of which he called creation into being. So we're not individuals, we're not uh, mindless entities, uh, we're not here without purpose. Being brought into the life of Christ, we have been brought into the life uh, of uh, God's purposes in the world. And that's a rich and tremendously meaningful framework out of which we might understand ourselves and understand our place in the world. I remember watching that uh, uh, movie a few years ago, American Beauty, and uh, one of the scenes that really struck me in that movie was there's two young people, uh, young Americans, uh, one guy uh, experimenting with uh, videography, and he was fascinated with taking video of a piece of paper that was just swirling around in a, in a little uh, breeze trap in a building. And this piece of paper was just floating around. And it, and it seemed to me that, uh, that the writer of that story uh, was, was saying, this is, how, this is how people are seeing life today. Essentially just a floating uh, with a sense of meaninglessness and a sense of no direction. That's not what we believe. What we believe is that you and I have been caught up in the story of what God is at work doing in the world. Rebuilding creation. Rebuilding humanity to be a reconciled family under God. It's very easy in the midst of the jangling discords that are around us. In the midst of some of the narratives that uh, that we, uh, that we listen to, that are a part of popular culture, to, uh, to let go of that truth, to not think about that, to see ourselves uh, in the light of how our, our dominant culture tells us. And yet the call of Abraham is the story of God restoring his purposes. The story of Jesus is, is the story of one being caught up in the purposes of God. And the story of Pentecost is our participation in that. So you and your story, somewhere along the line, folks spoke to you, truth spoke to you, the spirit spoke to you and said that you have purpose and meaning. And that's what we as the church exist here to speak into the life of the world. Uniting Church, of course, grew up at a particular time, a time of that great ecumenical vision, a time when we were imagining how we could be a new and a fresh expression of God's presence in the world, an Australian church for us. But we always saw ourselves as having received something from those who came before us, 
a responsibility of interpreting that in today's context, today's language, and speaking it in a way that makes sense to today's culture and handing it on. We have received a blessing. We are a part of what God's doing in the world. So the question for us is how do we see ourselves here and now in this time in, in place? And how are we handing on that story, that grace, that hope to others? That's the first thing I'd like you to have a think about as we think about being uh, the Uniting Church in this uh, anniversary celebration that we're sharing in today. So when Paul uh, was speaking and writing to the church at Corinth, he was really calling a church that uh, was struggling to see itself as united, uh, was hearing voices, follow me, follow me, follow someone else, and was really trying to work out what it meant to be the church. And he was saying to them, look, we're all part of this. We each have a role to play. We each share together. No one is more important than anyone else. We all have to hear and heed one another. And what we build together, well, one day we'll be tested. One day we will see whether what we built is of God or what we built was just something we created out of human hands and human desires. I used to find that passage a bit scary when I was young. I have to say now, I find it more liberating than scary. I find it in the sense that um, it's okay. I will do and I will work to see what I can do as, as uh, an agent of God's purpose in the world and, and what fruitfulness comes will be what comes. And whether and how it becomes a part of what God's, in the, uh, God's doing in the world, well, I'll let, I'll, in a sense, let God be the judge of that. But I think for me, the other part in this story that, uh, that I think resonates with us in our life as the church is uh, for me, the discipline of being in the church. I think, I'd, I think I'd have an easier life if I was a Christian by myself. If I was a Christian who only had to, in a sense, read the scriptures, uh, think about what they meant, uh, pray and contemplate uh, what it means to be a follower of Jesus in the world and then go and do it. Uh, that would be an easier way. But that's not the way we've been called to. The way we've been called to is to be a part of God's people, a part of the life of God. And I know at times the life of the Uniting Church is deeply challenging for its members. It is for me. Uh, and yet I'm reminded at those times uh, that if I am to be a follower of Jesus, then the way others understand and see Jesus the way they see what the gospel is about in the world, the kingdom of God can be like, is very important for me to hear. Otherwise, I'll just create my own picture of Jesus and follow that, and that could be called to be idolatry. But the discipline of being the church, and I think for us particularly at times, the discipline of being the uniting church, is to sit with people who who've experienced and see and understand Jesus and know and experience the gospel with, with different eyes, being a multicultural church, being a church that's, uh, that calls us to listen to the voices of different experience. That can be at times very challenging, but it is a rich experience for us in our, if we are really sold out in wanting to be a follower of Jesus. And of course, what it does demand of us is to speak our truth, is to speak our journey, 
is to put our piece uh, into this uh, rich tapestry that is our life and to be who we're called to be, to participate in that. One of the beautiful things that I see in the basis of union is this vision that, um, that as the church meets in council together, it meets to hear the will of God. Well, it will do that. But frankly, it will only do it as you and I participate. And as you and I stand up and, uh, and um, are ready to speak our truth, however stupid that may be or feel or sound, we're called to build together the life of the church. We're called to honour one another. And the Uniting Church, I believe, provides a rich tapestry for me to be able to understand a bigger picture of who Jesus is and what the kingdom is going to be like and how we're called to bear witness to the kingdom in the life of the world. So I encourage you to stick with it, to at times wrestle with it, to speak your peace, to say how you and see and understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus, to speak, to listen, and together we, we will create what God is calling us to be in the world. We're called to be together in this great long story of God's purposes. And then, of course, uh, we come to this uh, beautiful passage in John's Gospel, uh, Jesus speaking to uh, his disciples affirming them in the midst of uh, a great, uh, strange, uh, confront confronting uh, story that he will abide in them, that he will abide in us as, as, uh, as his people, and he will call forth fruitfulness out of us. Now, I'm a bit of a gardener, uh, and, uh, and I, uh, I know at times uh, the challenge of having to prune uh, and to shape uh, that which we plant uh, and you um, can well imagine that pruning is not actually a kind of activity that a plant really welcomes uh, in the midst of it. And that spiritual pruning, uh, that uh, God at times, uh, call those, that space that God calls us into, or we are confronted by, uh, at times is not uh, the most pleasant activity that we might uh, anticipate. And yet it is, it's the activity of letting go that which is no longer life-giving. It's the activity of letting go that which needs to be let go of so that we can enter into life more deeply and more fully. And that's the journey of discipleship. The deep promise of uh, this word in John's Gospel uh, is, uh, is this word that uh, we will uh, abide in Christ, that Christ is in us by baptism, by our participation in the Eucharist, we live in the life of Christ. And in living in that life, there are times of pruning, there are times of being reshaped and renewed. And at times may be painful, they are also places where the opportunity for fruitfulness comes forward. At times I hear around our life uh, this kind of meme that says, well, God only calls me to be faithful. And um, I've kind of reacted against that in my heart when I've heard it because I, I think God does call us to be fruitful. Uh, and part of being fruitful is being faithful. For there are seasons in our life when we're simply called to be present uh, and in the midst of uh, maybe not seeing um, anything much happen, we continue in 
the work and uh, the way that we're called to be. But to me, there's no doubt that right through the Gospels, uh, Jesus speaks of a God of purpose, a God who is looking for something uh, out of his people, who is looking for faithfulness, who is looking for uh, a, a, a co-creation uh, of the manifestation of the kingdom uh, out of us, his people. And I think we need to take that very seriously as to how we order our life as the church, but also as to how we speak into the life of the wider community. How are we seeing uh, life around us that is not being lived in the light of the kingdom? How are we addressing that as a people of God together or as individual Christians? What do we see happening in our communities that doesn't demonstrate the goodness of God? Now, at times there might be, we might think uh, if we're too much a student of, um, uh, of maybe the Hollywood movies, uh, action buster movies, that we've got to go in there all guns blazing. Well, I think uh, a close look at the life of Jesus uh, would show us that there are many ways of addressing uh, the issues that we see that aren't re uh, where humans aren't representing or experiencing the kingdom. There are many ways of going about that. And our imagination is called forth. Our capacity to work with others is called forth. But there can be no doubt that God is investing in us for a purpose, for an outcome, that the kingdom might be experienced amongst us. And that's fruitfulness. And our imagination, our working together, our sense of being part of the story of God over history these are all things that are called to come forward and to, to, to make manifest a way, a presence, an expression of the kingdom. The church is a sign, an instrument, and a foretaste of the coming kingdom of God. That's who we are. And we will be able to be that as we understand ourselves embedded in the story of what God is doing in the world. We will be able to be that as we work together and collaborate together and imagine something bigger than we could do ourselves. And we will be that as we seek to bear fruit, to manifest what God is doing in the world for the sake of others. So I pray God's blessing on you as we celebrate this, our journey together as the Uniting Church. It's been a rich experience. It's been a blessed experience. And uh, as one of our traditions articulated, the best is yet to come. I believe that, and I'm looking forward to seeing it happen uh, with you and with the rest of us as a part of our life together. God bless you. Thank you for sharing in this sermon together. Well, what a year 2020 is proving to be. The church as we know it will never be the same again. And for the Uniting Church to flourish, to grow and be the blessing it's called to be, to be of service to its uh, communities, then change is essential. And so the work of Project Plenty is now more important than ever. Our Project Plenty journey has helped us to discern that which is most important to us as we participate in God's mission and share generously in the life of our wider community. This month, we will release our mission priority and direction draft statement titled Shared Life, flourishing communities. Available on the Project Plenty website, the document contains four mission priorities, namely discipleship, 
transforming communities, fit for purpose, and our life together. It also describes a set of initiatives that if pursued wholeheartedly, will lead toward a flourishing future for both church and community. So what do we need from you? We want your feedback on the document, Shared Life, Flourishing Communities, so that we can continue to shape and, the, and to fine tune where we're going with this Project Plenty before the 35th Synod happens in October of this year. While the COVID-19 environment makes face-to-face -face consultation workshops a bit hard, we are offering a wide range of options for you to, to, to work through this together. An opportunity for you to contribute your views. So we're asking you to read the Shared Life Flourishing Communities document and reflect. Which of the commitments are most important, do you think, to you and to your community of faith at this point? Do you, the, pri the priorities and commitments that we've discerned together help you imagine a post-COVID future for your part of the church? And what does this mean for you to enhance your mission in your context? You can provide your own feedback uh, using the resources available on the Project Plenty website. You can join us in a webinar or speak to the Project Plenty champion within your congregation about including feedback in your congregation submission. Together, let's continue discerning our vision for the future. Share your thoughts today to shape our future for tomorrow. Join the Project Plenty conversation. God of unity, we praise you for your calling us together to be the body of Christ in our nation, in our communities and in our cities, in the country. We are so grateful for our church, a church that works for the common good, towards reconciliation of first and second peoples, towards unity in diversity, towards equality among women and men, towards good stewardship of all creation. As we consider our church during this season, we commit to serve one another, to share Christ's love, to preach the gospel, to sojourn together in our dispersion. We pray for all those on the front lines of this present crisis. For the leaders and their decision-making, for those who are afraid in this present season, for those who are left behind. Continue to bless your uniting church, Lord God, uniting in mission, uniting in call, uniting in our dispersions. So we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God, the earth is yours and everything in it. Today we pray for our small place in that, our communities. Lord, we pray for our local government leaders. Please give them wisdom, integrity and discernment in their roles. Lord, we pray for those in our communities that are suffering from mental health issues, perhaps due to loss of jobs, their health, or just trying to cope with the situation we're all in at the moment. In communities, I pray for people in schools. Where we live and how we live here 
matters to you. Jesus transforms our lives and we dream of your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. Father, in our communities, I pray for our environment and that people would look after and respect um, the land that we've been given here in Caloundra. We pray for all those people who are feeling isolated because of this coronavirus at the moment. Pray that they will feel loved and cared for and that we will be able to reach out to them and know that your love is there with them too. Amen. Lord, we pray for the families in our communities, particularly for the added stress they're under at the moment with the coronavirus. Just pray that you'll be with them and give them your peace. Lord Jesus, send us into the villages as you did your first disciples, so that we might make more disciples as we go. God of abundance, you have blessed us with so many resources that have been stewarded by the faithful people of the Uniting Church who have gone before us. We recognise our responsibility to be wise stewards of what has been given to us and to consider carefully how our abundant resources can be used to enable and enhance your mission of hope and reconciliation. Help us in this season of change to be daring yet prudent in responding to the evolving shape of what the church needs to look like in order to serve the world in which we find ourselves. And help us to remember that all we have is a gift from you to be passed on to those who follow. Loving and gracious God, we pray for our life together as a uniting church across Queensland. I pray that we are able to stand firmly together as your people of justice and hope, that we are able to speak in love, to celebrate in joy, and to bring your gifts to this world. Help us to be a family unit that encourages and resources our local and regional missions as we do and be your people together in this world. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy shall be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thou is the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you. And now, as we end this time of worship together, Receive this blessing in word and then in song. Go forth into the world in peace. Be of good courage. Hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the afflicted. Honour everyone. Love and serve the Lord, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Well, folks, it's been a pleasure to be with you uh, today and to share this service with you. We pray every blessing as you uh, take your life and head off into all that God calls you to. Uh, may you know a deep sense of God's abiding presence. And uh, our thanks to all those who participated in, in this service and also to Kath Bean. Uh, Synod office who uh, pulled it all together for us. Thanks very much, Kath, and thanks to everyone who shared in it. God bless.